Welcome to Business Talks, Mr. Gok. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is Strategizing Career Moves to Become an Entrepreneur. And today we are actually doing a two-part series. And if you are, this is the first one. So you definitely want to listen to the second one because we're going to be releasing some shock factor information about what's happening next with business talk sister doc as well uh, so you're not going to want to miss that especially if you've been uh, following us for a while so the first question that we're going to be talking about is what does it look like to find a job um in in strategizing those career moves what what should you be thinking about if you want to become an entrepreneur? And Ruthie's done a lot of this, um, so I'm really excited to hear kind of her perspective on what she's gone through in a lot of ways. Yeah, so just some things that I think about when I think about like working at different jobs um, and how to prepare for becoming an entrepreneur is like if it's not necessarily a financially related job, you might want to try to get into that finance field. So whether it's like um, looking at different budgets or talking to people who are in accounting or whatever, like just kind of knowing what things are involved in entrepreneurship and then trying to put yourself in a position to, to kind of organically learn those things from the people around you in whatever position you're in. Yeah. And I'm going to clarify a little bit about what you're saying because um, it doesn't matter the type of entrepreneurship you want to do. Any kind of business requires certain things, requires, and that's what Ruthie was talking about, that finance piece, um, accounting, all that stuff. You're going to need to know how to do that if you're going to get paid, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important to have that background. Another piece that every business has is marketing. You're going to need to know how to do that. You're going to need to know how to do sales. And there's lots of different ways to do these things. So I think it's important to look at each job and figure out how you can start picking up these skills, which one you want to focus on first. Because we talk to business owners a lot and we say, hey, like, um, in an episode we did on cater- with a caterer, she said, you know, one of the things I wish I would have done before I started catering is known more about marketing. And that's something that I think um, people don't realize when they get into business, whether it's like, oh, I'm going to be somebody who pumps sewage tanks. I mean, you would not realize that you need good phone skills for that mm-hmm. um, to schedule all these different things and, and what processes you should have in place to make sure you can follow up with customers and send out invoices all of these things are essential to any kind of business. So getting those skills in any job you have and learning from other people about their processes is really going to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. And especially like as you're just starting out in the workforce, maybe you're younger and maybe you haven't had a lot of job experience. Um, it's really wise to start like even if you're going to, if you're working at like a fast food place, try to push yourself to be in a managerial position. Because if that's something like, I mean, it depends on how long you want to be there, but if you're going to run your own business, a huge part of running your business is managing people. Um, And people always say you don't manage people, you manage shared expectations, which I think is so smart. So figure out how to do that, like how to get on the same page with the people that you're working with on a team. Um, And then just kind of dabble in like, maybe you're not on the managerial track, but you just want to know more about about products and supply um, ordering and management and things like that like you can start asking questions to the people who are in management and like if you're in fast food or things like that or what I I don't know I just really valued working in a startup because um, there was so much that I learned from trial and error that Mm -hmm. you don't really necessarily learn like when I worked for a giant 
corporation that had like 11,000 employees as opposed to 23, you know, like it's, you just learn different things. Or um, even small business. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even necessarily need to be a startup. Like you can learn a lot from a small business that's been around for a long time as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about like mentality when you're taking any job and any position. Um, so some things that I was thinking about that is specifically like when I know I've talked about this on the podcast before, but with any job that I've had, I'm like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, but I want to soak up as much knowledge and as much information that's available to me around me because I don't know what I'm going to do next. Um, And so, and that wasn't always, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but like a lot of times it was. And so it was like, what can I learn and what can I do to maximize my time here? So just having that mentality, but then what that, when I first, like my first big kid job, I really started to take on a lot of things. Like anytime anybody would ask about Mm -hmm. like who needs we need help with this I'd be like I'll do that I'll do that I'll do that and it quickly started to just pile up and pile up and then I was getting more and more overwhelmed and I didn't really like my job anymore because I was so stressed out and then things were falling through the cracks and I couldn't do everything with excellence anymore so like I think it's okay to look for those opportunities and want to do things, but know your limits and know when you're taking on too much because Mm -hmm. you want to be able to do those things with excellence and actually learn them as opposed to like just having a a really, really top level understanding of like how something works. Yeah. yeah. You want to really get into the nitty gritty of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, but just having that mentality of like, I'm willing to try anything, but I also know that I need to be able to do my job well and Mm -hmm. I can't do that if I'm like burying myself under a bunch of work. And so, and that also like just, um, other people kind of tend to take advantage of that too. So they won't volunteer for things. So they're like, Oh, Ruthie's going to handle it. Ruthie will take over it. And like, I just kind of get really unhealthy really fast. So just be aware of that too. Yeah. And I think that every person is different. But what I will say in how you should approach choosing a job is choose a job that you know you're going to need to know more about in the future industry you want to be in. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I I see this happen a lot of times like where people say, well, I want to become, work in construction and have my own business. And then they go out and they men- are mentored by someone in the construction industry. They learn everything. And then maybe a few years later, they go out and say, I know how to do all this. And they start their own business in the exact same market. And I would say that that's not wise. Um, because what it ends up doing a lot of times is almost like saying to the person that mentored you, I don't need you and I can do everything that you did by myself. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that's a way that hurts your relationships with those people. So if you know that you want to get into construction, great. But I wouldn't say you should do that in the same community right afterwards. Uh, A lot of times people view that as a threat. Mm -hmm. And it makes them feel like they can't trust anybody um, because they're just going to raise up their next competition. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really important if you have those goals of this is what I want to do. I think for that learning period sometimes it is better to move um, a different into a different area of the state to learn from someone get that experience and say you know someday I'd love to do this would you be able to mentor me or whatever and with that long I mean it's okay to have that long-term plan sometimes you shouldn't be open with your employer about it but um, making sure that you're long if you're saying this is the community that I want to live in in the future then maybe for that learning period, you need to move away to a different community to get that experience. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's always the case because, I mean, 10,000 boomers a day are retiring and they're 
a lot of them do not have succession plans if they're small business owners. Mm-hmm. And so, that was something that we talked about with Daniel Lee in our episode. We did uh, two episodes with him in 68 and 69. He talked about how like baby boomers are retiring at a rate of 10,000 a day. Um, and of the vast majority of successful small businesses that are in existence right now are owned by baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So, so there could be opportunity to say, hey, this is something I want to do someday. Maybe I'm taking over this person's business. I'm buying them out. Um, but I will say the thing that I have learned a lot in, in terms of strategizing those career moves is that it's so valuable, especially in family-run businesses, to work for someone else besides the exact same business you want to get into. Because you start to get a variety of how things are done. Um, it doesn't, and you don't have this, it, we always did it this way, that, therefore nothing can change. Um, but you're seeing also different management styles. It's very, very important to be managed and experience different managers before you yourself become a manager. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I was going to say too about <clears throat> what Becca said, like you don't always have to tell your employer, like this is what I want to do. That That is really dependent on one, your relationship with the manager and two, the manager themselves, because there's some people who really want you to succeed and really want to know what your goals are. And I've had a manager like that before who was so like, I don't know, like if you think that your goals are going to take you away from this company, then that's fine. I just want to know that. And I want to like set you up for success to be able to do whatever you want to do in the future. And then I've had other people who feel very threatened by that, like um, Mm -hmm. who don't want, they want you to be with your company or they want nothing. And, Mm -hmm. and so it's like that you just kind of have to be aware of like, and just kind of discern, like, should I share what my long-term goals are with my manager and say like, you know, someday I'd like to open my own business and do X, Y, or Z. But then also with that, like, if you are sharing that, you don't want to build your reputation as someone who doesn't follow through on their word. Because eventually, if you do start your own business, if and when you do, then if you've been like telling people that, oh, I want to do this, and then I want to do that, and I want to do this, and you've had all these different business ideas, you're starting to kind of build this this picture of yourself that's like, this person's kind of flighty, and Mm -hmm. they're non-committal, and all this stuff. And so, in a lot of times, your first customers tend to be the people that you surround yourself with. So if you have good relationships with your coworkers and they don't trust that you're going to follow through on what you've said you're going to do, that can kind of shoot you in the foot. So if you're going to like talk Mm -hmm. about what you want to do, you actually need to follow through on it, especially with like when you're telling your coworkers who could potentially be your customer someday. And, And I would say a lot of small business owners start out working for one of the people that they previously worked for as a subcontractor. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it really depends on the industry. So just keep that in mind that that is not always the ideal scenario. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to say about choosing that job is that if you're really just starting out and you're thinking someday I want to be an entrepreneur, um, choosing jobs that give you a lot of time to learn, those entry mm-hmm. level jobs honestly can be really valuable for you right mm-hmm. at the beginning working in a business because um, they're okay with you knowing nothing mm-hmm. <laughs> and soaking in all of that, whether it's, I mean, an entry-level position for a lot of companies is like a social media manager. Mm-hmm. And in that, you learn so much about marketing, but then you're also learning about how everything else in the business works. And it's okay mm-hmm. to have that training time. And some larger corporations have um, like that big training window in which they give you, get all this stuff done. And if you get it all done, 
and you have nothing else to do, that's when you can say, I'm going to invest in myself and learn more about this industry by studying these things. Mm-hmm. And Ruthie, you have kind of a lot of experience in that. So I want to ask you about how you went about that to be investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I started at the place that had 11,000 employees, I just like, I love learning. And so I was like, I'm going to maximize this time. And I knew that if I finished everything that they gave me, I could just like pour into LinkedIn learning. Um, so that's kind of what I did as I was just like pound out everything that they gave me that day. And then I would just like find specific LinkedIn learning um, courses that I felt were in line with our industry and like and I would just learn it and learn it and learn it and then once I kind of had exhausted a lot of the like suggested um, LinkedIn courses I just talked to my trainer and said like hey can I just start learning about um, whatever else you know like accounting or um, Excel spreadsheets I just really love spreadsheets so I spent a lot of time learning about different coding for that and and all the different like fun things that you can do with Microsoft products I spent a lot of time learning about Microsoft products um, just because I knew that that would benefit me in the future and so I just it didn't have to like it didn't feel selfish like because I was like oh I've done all that I need to do and now I'm bettering myself that will eventually better this company also and -hmm. me in the future so I just like Yeah. And I think that's really key um, because I see some people say, I'm going to get all this knowledge. But if you're learning information that has absolutely no relevance to the job role that you're in, you're taking time away from the company that's paying you. Mm -hmm. So make sure that it's in alignment and you're getting, I mean, Ruthie went back multiple times to her manager and said, these are the things that I'm thinking about studying. Would you think that that would be a good use of my Mm -hmm. time if I have extra time? And being uh, just saying, I want to understand this industry well. I want to do the best that I can in my job. And and I think that that's a huge tip. Any job you have, be looking for how your job affects the rest of the company Mm -hmm. and how you can benefit the rest of the company or understand how everything is connected. Because when you have a bigger 10,000 foot view of the business, it really helps you transition into other roles and say, here's how... I know what I do supports this part of the business over here. Mm -hmm. And it also just helps mentally too, like just knowing that you're part of something bigger. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was just going to say too, like being tactful in that uh, training period, like I think uh, somebody was reading these statistics to me about how many times managers get interrupted a day. And it was like over, over like a hundred times a day that managers get interrupted by different things. And, um, and so that just being tactful and like, if you have a million questions and you want to learn all those different things, instead of like, every time you have a question, shooting your manager an email or a text message or whatever, like keeping a running log of those questions and then asking for opportunities to be able to go through those things. Obviously, if it's like really pertinent and you need to get an answer right away, ask that. But if it's something that like um, can wait or it's not like super pressing, then you can keep your running log. And then as time allows, just say, hey, do you have time to answer a couple questions for me? And then just break those down, which also will just show that you have drive and determination to learn more about the company and like and want to know more about the industry. And that just helps like because that's one thing with entrepreneurship is you have to have that researcher mindset and you have to like be able to just dig into like why does this do this and how do I do it more efficiently and how can I cut cost on this and how can I you know like just if you can develop that inquisitive mind Mm -hmm. that's just always looking for answers then that's really going to benefit you when you decide to to start off on your own. 
Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I would say I wanted to touch on in how to plan and network for the future is do not be networking for your next business right now. Yeah. In, in, a, in a way that's like completely controversial to what you're doing. Um, I do think like it's important to add people on LinkedIn as you meet them and develop those relationships as individuals. But when you're representing the, a company who's paying you, you're not also saying, and by the way, I'm doing this thing on the side. No. It's just disrespectful. It's very and tacky. yeah. It's so it's so it's it's essentially in a lot of ways can feel very deceitful mm-hmm. to the company that you're working for. And I don't think it's a bad thing to when you leave a company to have a good relationship and just say to the people that you've been taking care of, I just want to let you know I'm transitioning out. This person's going to be taking care of you. Um, I want to make sure that you have a great relationship with them, but I've really enjoyed working with you. I don't think those are bad things. I don't. Um, And that's why LinkedIn is a thing because when people have worked with you in the past, if you move, especially as like a a salesperson or whatever, and you move to a new company, a lot of times people are like, I just want to like still connect with you because I know whatever you're doing, you're going to be successful. And I want to be in the know about what's happening next for you. Not necessarily because you want them as your customers right? Mm-hmm. And I I would just very strongly bring that back again because I've seen so many people do that in a bad way. Yeah. And also sometimes it's against your contract to be able, like you can't prospect your current um, customers with your the business that you're working for to work with you. Like that's illegal. Um, so you can't like say like hey i'm doing this though and you can work with me in the future like that especially if it's in a competitive industry like if you're moving to something else like a completely different industry then there's probably some different regulations for that but it's just um it depends on the business too mm -hmm. right but i do think like in in order to just maintain those relationships um it's good to it's it's good to keep saying I care about you but don't be looking for those things yeah and treat people well enough that they would want to follow up with you if you were to leave the company you know and it's okay to say hey I'm moving on like you know back what Becca was saying that that transition email and then if they if they respect you enough because you've treated them so well that they want to follow up with you then that's something entirely different than Mm -hmm. actively prospecting yeah well and I would say too um I'm always a proponent of saying like choosing an industry that's closely related but not the exact same industry honestly because a lot of times what you find when you're in an industry that um, is complementary to the industry that you eventually want to have a business in you can learn a lot of perspectives about what is so frustrating to the people in that complementary industry in working with the industry you want to be in Mm -hmm. and you can understand how to talk to your ideal customer in the future that's a really big piece of it um and then too when you go out and start your own thing you're like hey just so you know this is what i'm going to be doing now it's not this oh you're my direct competition Mm -hmm. um but the strategy behind picking jobs right now to become an entrepreneur um look like we said key things look for jobs in different areas that you know you'll need in business and it doesn't have to be the same kind of company. It can be completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, those business skills will transfer over. Um, if you know that you are going to need to utilize a, a 
point of sale system or certain credit card processing or maybe it's like Ruth you said a big um, suite of tools like Microsoft find jobs where you can utilize those things and get the training you need because a lot of times the next job that you want will require those knowledge bases of tools in order to even be considered for the position. Mm-hmm. A big one that I see a lot of people use is Salesforce. Yeah. Um, and so knowing what kind of like project management tools are out there and like different things that companies are using can be really helpful to say, I have this experience um, and now I'm going to put it over here. But also to know that when you first start out, you may not want to use those softwares because they're incredibly expensive. (laughs) And you're going to want to use like an off-brand that's free for one user or whatever. (laughs) So as you continue to kind of strategize, like when you're starting a different job, like what would be some more important things to know or think about? Yeah. Well, and I think this kind of comes back to um, one book that a lot of people have read. It's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, and, and I think that in that book, one of the core concepts he talks about is you shouldn't be working a job to get money. A lot of times he says you should work a job for free, uh, because you're going to push yourself to learn more and think like a business owner or, or somebody who like takes long-term investment seriously. Um, I do think a lot of people, when they look for a job, they're specifically focusing on how much they're going to make an hour or what the pay is and they're not thinking about what is this going what is this job going to do for me and my career 10 years from now or Mm -hmm. when I start my business what is this job going to add to my toolkit to be able to be successful and especially at the beginning you're going to make a lot of sacrifices in in financial in starting a business so like that shouldn't be your thought when getting your first job either well how much am I going to get paid all Mm -hmm. the time Uh, when you focus on that you think like an employee and you're not thinking like a business owner will Mm. in the future that's good yeah wow we're so smart look at us go (laughs) um thank you guys for tuning in we are going to transition to the sister grog portion and becca's going to tell us a story about a time when she was wildly inquisitive to a point where it became a handicap to those around her (laughs) yeah okay so when i was in junior high my mom said you have to you have to be physically active you have to go do stuff so i signed up for basketball and in seventh grade, I was like, not very, good. I'm still not very good at basketball, <laughs> to be quite, quite honest, <laughs> full disclosure. But um, I wanted to know everything. Like, I wanted to know, like, okay, well, what happens when, when this happens? And like, does it, how does it go like this? And like, what should the ref do in this? And I would ask all these questions and my coach would be like, trying to explain it to me, but then also trying to like coach practice or like trying to coach a game and it was like I can't answer all of your questions about how how basketball works so she gave me a manual to like the NCAA rules basically (laughs) for um for the the year and I guess the rules get updated they evaluate them all the time so you have to have the most recent one but I was I literally read like the whole thing and this is like Becca ultra achiever so you know she read the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) well and the defeating part about it was like they could change this next year like (laughs) but I I still to this day remember like when like it was a big deal when they went from quarters to halftime or would I, and all this kind of stuff. I will, obviously was not in basketball when that happened. That was a while ago. But um, 
there was a lot of stuff in there that I learned about like well how long should the halftime be and like what happens when someone gets a technical and all this stuff like I remember reading just sitting on the bench like I was (laughs) just a nerd even when I was supposed to be physically active (laughs) so uh tip to you like if there's something that you're really interested in sometimes there's already documentation on that and you don't have to ask every question (laughs) find a manual google (laughs) it (laughs) yeah there are a lot of manuals on things so yeah well thank you so much for joining us this week we have another episode for this series on strategizing career moves you will not miss it it's a big big update for big updates you're gonna want to tune in for that um so we will see you again next week and if you like this episode, you should give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Dun, 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 dun. Also, we look at those and we have eight reviews right now. So, <laughs> for eight rankings, we have four written reviews. So go ahead and go leave us one. We'll look at it and be just full of joy. Dun, dun. <laughs> we'll see you again next week.